If you are listening to this on NBA.com, it means that you have not subscribed to the Raptors Pod Table podcast. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts and get the newest and latest podcasts directly to your phone the moment we drop it. In the meantime, Carlin Gay alongside Toronto-based national broadcaster Ashley Docking, and we aren't happy to be here. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie to the people. We're not happy to be here. Uh, it was a brutal game to watch. 111-89, the final score. If you are listening to this pod, you just like misery, and misery loves company. <laughs> so we're happy that you're here with us. Welcome. Celtics led by 30 points. The Raptors never led at any time throughout the game. They allowed almost 50 points in the paint. This was a beatdown. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us we'll catch you next game <laughs> yeah wow um did not it was expect pathetic. it was bad, bad you're gonna call it pathetic so go ahead and it was it. it was it was pathetic it was like and that's not to say and i just want to clarify that's not to say that i don't think that the raptors players were were trying or weren't trying excuse me of course they were they're out there they're sweating they're giving it their all they're you know they they just weren't good enough they just didn't have it they didn't come out sharp um they were give, they were even given an opportunity in the first quarter to outplay their poor shooting early on because it wasn't as though the Celtics came out hot either. It wasn't until about midway through this first quarter where they started to kind of gain momentum and gain a lead. For a long time, neither team had double digits in scoring. So both teams kind of came out not being able to, to find the bottom of the bucket, but then it was just the Raptors who persisted with these issues. Um, and I find it hard to, I'm not making excuses, but I do find it really hard to believe that this wasn't a result of, you know, riding Kyle and Fred 90 minutes plus each in in the last two games. And listen, it's not like you could have done anything else, right? Mm -hmm. You had to have them in there. You had to use them as much as you did. Um, you don't have any options that are close to their level. Um, that's just a fact. But obviously, you know, there's going to be a point where it catches up to you because here's the thing, Carlin, and you know this too, this is a defensive series, right? Both right. teams are absolutely gutting it out on the defensive end. Right. So <laughs> we know this is the defensive series, right? Both teams absolutely gutting it out. But because there are so many people on the Boston Celtics that can score, there are a lot of core Raptors players that don't get a series off very often. They're the guys on the, on the offensive end, and they're the guys on the defensive end. And yes, I understand. That's just high-level basketball, period. But certain teams that you play, when you have a more favorable matchup, there are players that can get a rest in the game mm-hmm. because the person that they're defending is not going to be necessarily involved in every play action when, they're, when you're on defense. Um, and so that's something that is just going to weigh on you and drag on you as the series goes on. Um, and I think it's something that maybe people are underestimating a little bit where it's like, yeah, it's hard to find your shooting legs when you had to play defense the entire shot clock and, and force up, you know, a bad miss. Boston gets the rebound, puts up a shot, gets it. It's like, that is so demoralizing. That is exhausting. Um, it's just one of those things that you, you, it's hard to come back from sometimes. Boston, uh, as you said, it wasn't like Boston came out of the gate guns blazing but they definitely had another level of intensity that the raptors just couldn't meet yes tonight um and that is similar to what happened in games one and two uh the raptors games three and four 
have shown that they can put those type of efforts behind them and come out strong. So we expect that in the game six. Mm-hmm. It was weird, man. Game watching the first quarter and quarter and a half, and maybe just the entire first half. I know the Raptors only ended up with 13 turnovers on the score on a stat sheet at the end of the mm-hmm. day, but they just never had control of the basketball. It, it felt like no. every pass was either slipping through people's hands. It was errant. It was uh, guys catching it and bobbling it. It, yeah. it just looked like everybody just ran their hands through butter and stepped on the floor and started to play basketball before the game even got going. And, you know, it wasn't – they weren't on – they weren't in sync. Even in the second half when they were trying to make comebacks, Kyle threw the ball into the backcourt and, and, and oh caused a backcourt violation. When I saw that violation. backcourt violation, I was just like, are we in high school? <laughs> yeah, what – I mean, it was a lot of that. But it was a lot of things like yeah. that. Um, you know, passes to the post or bouncing off of the big's knees. It, it, it just was ugly stuff from the Raptors and looked like and – that, and that could be – they were tired, as you mentioned. They mm-hmm. played a lot of minutes over the last two games. The positive – the positive in this oh, is, I don't even know what you're about to say. And if you tell me about bench scoring, I'm going to kick you. <laughs> no, the positive in this is the fact that, A, they were able to get blown out. They got blown out, and it wasn't a close loss. So the starters, except for Fred, really got a decent rest throughout the fourth quarter and didn't have to tax their body as they did the last four games. So okay. count this as a rest day for the Raptors. Meanwhile, on the other end, Brad was playing his starters all the way to like three minutes left in the quarter. And I was thinking, man, yeah. Brad is the bravest man in America right now because a, a, an ankle twist, uh, you know, and, and the Raptors bench was playing hard, forcing them to play full court, yeah. uh, picking them up full court. Like the, 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 the Celtics, and I know that you don't want to give up early and wave the white flag early because the Raptors can make a comeback at any time. But Brad, man, he, he played his starters more minutes than I think they needed to play. Not that it was super taxing minutes, but those are still minutes that add up. Uh, whereas the Raptors were sitting on the bench chilling and, and, and getting a rest um, mm-hmm. in this blowout. The other positive yeah. thing is, yes, it's a blowout. Yes, they got it handed to them. But th- it's just a one game. Like it's, it's a, a loss is a loss. Whether you w- sure. lose by 30 or you lose by one, it's still a 3-2 series. That's what mm-hmm. most people have to remember. Well, and here's the thing too. Um, it was unrealistic to imagine that OG was going to hit that shot with 0.5 seconds left. Right. And yet he did it. It was also unrealistic to think that the Raptors were going to necessarily win four in a row to close out the series. This isn't last year. This isn't the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a whole different situation. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things where you're like really bad game, bad loss. Um, but okay, on to the next one. You guys are gonna get eliminated if you don't win. So what are you gonna come with? What are you gonna bring? Because here's the thing too. A lot of people, Pascal Siakam has been very polarizing this series, right? right? The numbers say that he's been good in the paint. The numbers say that he's been very poor from shooting on the outside. Um, and then also he tends to really just decide to light a spark in the second half as well. And that second half scoring and that second half surge um, is all well and good when you have Kyle shooting out of the gate like, you know, a rocket and Fred making an impact early on and Serge coming in off the bench and he's making he's making an impact too. And even Mark, like the Raptors, I believe it's are almost 10 points better per 100 possessions with Marcus Hall on the floor. So say what you want about him. Uh, make fun of the way he kind of like bobbles his hair and like his head when he does things but he's he's effective for them he's effective for this team especially on the defensive end obviously um but in games like this it was very apparent that pascal was not 
the engine that Toronto needed him to be. And to me, sometimes it's so crazy because take away the expectations about what you think he should be for this team or in the league where he should be ranked. Is he top 10? Is he top 20? Whatever the case, take that all away because his thing from when he first got in the league was that he is just unstoppable. He's relentless. He has this energy. He has this motor. Sometimes it gets in his own way because he's just going too quick. And it's like, how can you harness that a little bit more regularly um, through the span of a game, even if Kyle is doing something amazing in the first half or Fred's doing something amazing in the first half, like just a little bit more consistency with that kind of energy that you're bringing to the game, even if you're not getting the results on the score sheet. Yeah. It wasn't a good game from anyone. I'm 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 digging through the score sheet stat sheet right now and looking to see where someone uh, was able to you know outshine the other person. No one played. Matt well. Thomas. Uh, I mean, Matt Thomas. He had the best net rating on the team. You yeah. know, uh, twelve and a half. Um, he, came he came in there in. like Matt. We're down twenty-seven. Can you just like go off? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like, I, okay, thanks for the chance, coach. It, it's Preach. good to see that he was able to get some playoff minutes. So he he does deserve it, and, and he you gets know, buckets. He does, and Nurse was trying everything. Um, yeah. He played eighteen minutes in this game. Terrence Davis uh, normally you know is good for a spark. He just didn't bring it tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Abaka, who had been shooting the ball well, he just didn't have the same spark tonight. I, no one played well. Um, we, we just went through, stop naming names. I'm going to name everybody. We just went through the entire, uh, you know, portion of this podcast because we're about to end it because there's nothing more to talk about, but we did not once mention the fact that Boston made their adjustments and give them the credit for, uh, what was a big time victory. Um, as you said, this is not the Milwaukee bucks. This is not the team that the Raptors ran four straight off over last mm-hmm. year who did not make adjustments in this very same situation. Boston came out and made those adjustments. The Raptors were finding their way into the paint. Boston said, nah, Daniel Tice had a great game guarding the rim. And he's not a guy that's, you know, he's not the Kemi Mutombo, um, but he, he turned into a really good rim protector. Uh, and, and uh, it played well on the floor tonight when he was on the floor in the game, uh, only allowing 89 points per 100 possessions. That is that's going to get it done against this Toronto Raptors squad, uh, and that's exactly what they ended up with: eighty nine yeah. on the scoreboard. Daniel Tice, Ooh. phenomenal job out of him. Jalen Brown bounced back from um, the game that he had, where he shot poorly from the field in Game Four, led all scores tonight, uh, and that was what you expected out of a very good Boston team. Uh, Jalen Brown had twenty seven, and then Kemba Walker, who continues to find a way to get into the middle part of the Raptors defense. They tried to, oh to go with the zone and uh, Walker was able to you know, penetrate that. So it's up to Nick Nurse now. We know that Nurse has, has done a great job of making adjustments. And the one thing I'll say about Nick Nurse and what makes him a great coach, and Ash, this, it, you can relate to this a little bit in the sense that you've had bosses. We've all had bosses. The best bosses that we've had are bosses that are willing to take chances and that aren't afraid when you make mistakes and that's Nick nurse. He is willing to take chances and he's not afraid to fail. And we've seen him throw things at the wall and whether they work or not, he's not mm-hmm. afraid of the repercussions that come with it. He's going to have to figure out some way, somehow, because the Celtics have now made their adjustments Yeah, you throw something to the wall and not be afraid of the consequences to win game six and ultimately game seven of this series. And I trust that he will be able to do that. I am interested in seeing what the heck that is. 
Yeah, you're right. He's willing to go against the grain for sure. Like he got roasted for boxing one, but mm-hmm. guess what? He didn't really mind when he was holding up the Larry Obi. So um, yeah, I, 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 he's going to have to do something. There can't be another game like this, but I really just don't see it happening. I just, it was like, there was just amnesia all, all around the team. No one knew where they were supposed to be. Everyone was a miscommunication. Like, Oh, are you popping out or are you back cutting? Well, I'm going to throw the pass and hit you in the back of the neck. It no sounds problem. like you're saying it's over in six. I'm not saying it's over in six, but I'm saying that you're right. They do have to do something. Um, and I'm not sure what really that entails, honestly, because the whole time we've been talking about that, every single thing comes down to you need to play nearly perfect if you're going to be winning against this Boston team. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean you need to be making all your shots because that's that's an impossibility. And Boston is a good defensive team. They're going to make you uncomfortable when you're putting up shots. But when I say you need to play practically perfect, it just means that you need to make sure that you're executing the things that you can control. You can't have errant turnovers. You can't be missing putback bunnies. You can't be, you know, missing opportunities to attack the basket when you have them. Even like I thought there was a moment where Kyle was like pretty timid in the paint. He he drove the middle of the line. He was wide open. There were players surrounding him, but he had space. Um, and instead of just going up, maybe trying to draw some contact, putting a floater up, he tried to pass the ball to the wing. I don't know who's in the corner for a three. And it was literally just taken. The ball was just taken by Boston and back the other way. And I understand if you're thinking situationally, hey, we're down by a lot. A three-point shot goes a lot further than a two in this situation. But it's like, listen, you guys got 11 points in the first quarter total combined. Boston went off for 37 in the second. Like, you just need to get the ball in the bucket at this point. It doesn't really matter how you're doing it. You can worry about the semantics later. 11 points, by the way, lowest in franchise history for a quarter by the Toronto Raptors. What are you going to do that for? Um, and speaking of which, speaking of points and scoring, this is now the third game that the Raptors failed to get to 100 points in the series, and it is the third game that they've lost, the reason why they are down and backs against the wall. So I think that magic number of 100, important mm-hmm. for the Raptors to get to. It's not only that they're just putting the ball in the basket, but it's the pace of the game. When the game yeah. slows down, the, the Raptors are just struggling to score in the half court. If they can mm-hmm. speed the pace up just a tad uh, to get to that triple digits, I, I think they'll be in a good situation for game six. All right, give me a prediction. We're not, no one's going to hear us till after game six. So we're either talking about a game seven or we're talking about an entire championship defense coming to an end. Ooh. What is your prediction heading into game six? Man. I think Boston wins in six and it really breaks my heart to say that um, because I have the utmost faith in this Raptors team, but I really thought this was a pivotal moment for this, this Celtics roster who don't really have a ton of like deep playoff experience. They have a lot of young guys that they rely on and it was going to be a make or break moment for them. Just like the game three Raptors win was a make or break moment for Toronto. Boston just lost two. They kind of got kicked in the shin, punched in the neck. It's like, well, what are you going to do now? Because this team came out, asserted themselves. They won two games, one in heartbreaking fashion. The other one was just a respectable win. So now it's your turn. Like, are you going to fold or are you going to come back and you're going to make them pay? And if they had kind of wilted in the moment, then I would have said seven. But they came out and they asserted themselves. 
um, which is why I feel like they're not as shook as I had hoped they would be. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, I think Boston's going to win. But listen, I I would love to be wrong. Yeah, my uh, original prediction was Boston in six. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with it. I think Boston okay. ends this series in six games, moves on to the conference finals for the third time in four years. Crazy to think about that. Um, the Celtics have been pretty good over the last four or five years. And uh, it's going to be sad to talk about the Raptors season coming to an end in September, which is weird, mm-hmm. first of all. But also... Uh, coming to an end in a championship defense season as as much as they've been through, as much as they've tried and, and come back from circumstances like this before, uh, I just think that Boston has their number here. And, and they look like the fresher team. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. They do. I, I made the you know point that you know the Raptors were able to rest guys in this game that they probably wouldn't have been able to rest if the game was a lot closer. Right. Um, but it's still only one game between days, you know, and you know the Raptors have been going hard. Um, all throughout this bubble, and now they're they're going up against a team in Boston that looks fresh, confident, has a game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just interested to see a what Nick Nurse throws out there, and, and b if Boston has that killer instinct. And I think they do. Uh, this is a Boston team that has their eyes set for a bigger prize than just being the Raptors. I think they they do have a legit chance of making the NBA Finals. Whether they win the championship is is different. Yeah, Kemba. I'm excited for Kemba. Yeah, like you mentioned that Boston's you know had success in terms of where they do advance. They haven't obviously had a deep run like Toronto did going to the NBA Finals, Um, but really, who has besides the Warriors and Mm -hmm. LeBron James? Um, But Kemba, uh, I believe it's 19 playoff game appearances um, throughout his whole career. So, Hey, listen, some people have not seen the playoffs in their careers. Um, it's not necessarily something to scoff at, but it'll be nice to see what he's able to do because you're right. The way that he's like slicing and dicing, daggering this, this Raptors defense. Um, it's a thing to behold every single time I see either Gasol or Serge, um, have to get switch on him or they come and they double. I'm just like, Oh no, whatever you do, don't let him turn the corner, yeah. push him back the other way. If you've ever played football once in your life, make sure that you get a good angle, force him back, force him back. Um, it rarely ever works. Um, but you know, I guess that's a silver lining. It's one of the things that I like about not necessarily being like a diehard fan o- over a particular team. Like I like the Toronto Raptors of course. Um, but I, I have enough bandwidth to be able to, you know, cheer for players and, and storylines and stuff like that. So that'll be a nice portion of it if they're able to advance to the finals. To yeah. The conference finals. Yeah. I live, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina now and coming here and, and, you know, going to NBA games, going to Hornets games wasn't so exciting. You know, it's not the most exciting thing out of the 30 teams in the NBA. Hornets games aren't the top of the list for people to go to. Uh, but Kemba Walker being here in the years that I was here, it was an incredible, you know, superstar. And having been able to watch him up close last year, he scored 60 points. He scored 50 points. He set the all-time, you know, scoring record for the franchise. It, the, the All-Star game was here uh, in his last season. It was, mm-hmm. um, you know, incredible to see how he embraced the city uh, and, and, and really gave the city all his all. And when he left, you know, most small markets would be crushed and, and, and disappointed and, uh, you know, their franchise player leaving. But I think most sane Hornets fans kind of understood and and are rooting for him currently Mm -hmm. uh he only played and as you mentioned 11 playoff games with the Hornets in his eight seasons with the Hornets he's played in 10 this playoff game this playoff run alone or sorry yes nine this playoff runner run alone uh with the Celtics in his first season in Boston 
um, if anyone deserves it, and Kyrie no one does, never. Which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone <laughs> deserves it, but no, and no one does deserve anything. Yeah. Uh, but Kemba Walker, it would be good to see Kemba Walker. Uh, It'll be know, get a, a good, good chance of, of hoisting the title. It'll be interesting to see how Milwaukee responds when Giannis leaves. That'll be cool <laughs> to see if they're happy for him or not. Uh, you <laughs> brought him up they, to see if they've they've decided if he's put enough mental energy and enough deposits into their bank so that he can leave happily and pursue <laughs> his dreams. <laughs> you brought him up. Um, that did. series gets back underway tomorrow. Giannis's yeah. ankle is up in the air. We saw we saw him go down in Game Four, and we saw the Bucks pull out a close one in game four mm-hmm. Chris Middleton really turned into a stud um whether Giannis plays or not is going to be the big storyline heading to that one but do you think the Bucks have a shot at extending this to a six game no I would say that they needed two overtimes they needed two overtime or sorry an overtime they need an extra period um to beat the heat and it was very very close i watched that game uh yesterday and yeah they needed every single inch of everything in them to beat the heat and they still almost didn't do it um i think it's one of those fallacies where you see people who are like oh they lost their best player and they won so they're better without him Mm -hmm. you know it's an easy narrative to kind of fall into it doesn't mean that it's actually true it just means that they had whatever it was a push that night or Miami made a few missteps. Once Giannis was out of the lineup, this team is not better without him. They're not better for the fact that the offense doesn't run through him. They're not guaranteed an automatic bucket by anyone. Middleton had a really good game. I will give him that. Um, But you know, he's the sun and the moon for them. So I just think that if he comes back and he's, he's labored, he's not going to, He's not Luka Doncic, right? He can't, he doesn't have the range. He doesn't have the, the scoring skill set specifically when I mean he can diversify his portfolio in the way that he can get the ball in the bucket, right? He's athletic. He gets to the rim. He will overpower you. He will run you over. Can you do that as effectively with a bum ankle? No. And in a team where you have guys that are knocking down threes in Miami, Tyler Hero, for example, has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You, Giannis, I'll trade Giannis twos for threes all game. Yeah. I don't know where that's going to get him. Yeah, that's why I picked the uh, Heat to win that series. Didn't think it would be this quickly, uh, but uh, yeah. Heat will clean this up and get the Bucks out of here. I wonder where Raptors fans stand now with, with, with now having watched Giannis fail twice in the playoffs against pretty mm-hmm. much the same defensive scheme after he spoke all offseason long about how he's figured out how the Raptors defended him. He was going to be prepared for it. Yeah. And he doesn't even get a chance to see them because the Miami Heat are about to the gentleman sweep him with the exact same playbook that the Raptors ran up against him a season ago. Interesting stuff. Um, I don't know because if I'm a Raptor fan – Yes, Giannis, I love Giannis. You know, I, I, it's gonna. Of what course. I say next is going to make me sound like I don't. I love okay. Giannis. He's two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's a great player. Do I think he's the best player in the league right now? No, but but he's in the conversation for the top five. Okay. But. Having having him <laughs> having him on the floor with alongside Pascal Siakam in a playoff series is I, I don't know. It's 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 not a it's not the combination that Kawhi and Pascal bring to the table because as you said Pascal has more or Kawhi rather has more in his tool bag than Giannis does. Giannis needs a system that is going to allow him to control the middle. 
And I don't know that Pascal shoots enough or, or shoots well enough from range to be able to create the space that Giannis is going to need to crash into the paint and get his points. It, it, it's going to end up looking much like what it looks like right now in Milwaukee, where Giannis, they're going to be a great regular season team. But once you get into the playoffs and you have a team that's built like Miami and Ultimately, there will be a team every year built like Miami where there's wings that can stand in front of Giannis who have the guts to stand in front of him chest to chest. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the offensive scheme is to, to maximize Giannis's potential when you know that every year until he finds a way to get a jump shot, teams are going to defend him that way. And his jump shot is so awkward that it, it, it's not Listen, coming anytime soon. I don't, I don't care if it's awkward. There's plenty of things that are awkward that I deal with because they work, okay? <laughs> the awkwardness is not the problem. It's the effectiveness. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know why you're laughing like that. It's not even like that. Uh, That's so crazy. Um, <laughs> it's you said cute, it. You went it's, I didn't mean me. it like that. Okay. I didn't mean it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, no, my life is over. Um, so <laughs> It's cute, though, that you think Giannis will be here with Pascal. I don't. I'm just saying if you're a Raptor fan and that's I'm, what your dream is to have those oh, two no. players so play side by side. you think he's going to get side. traded here? No, no, no. And they're not going to get Pascal back? No, no. You would sign him. You would sign him. But don't you, you, you have him. to wait another year. Yeah, you'd, you'd wait patiently. I know, but okay, I'm under the illusion that he's going to tell Milwaukee, listen, I don't want to stay here after I'm not going to sign the big True. rich, rich deal you're going to give me. So you guys need to trade me. He's going to do the Paul George special. Fair enough. Hey, okay. here's, here, I'm giving you notice. Um, get me out of here or I'm walking for nothing. So it's, it's your call. Fair. That um, is fair. That's but what I'm operating under the illusion of. Either way, I, I, I mm-hmm. think the, I am, not to say that I'm out on the honest sweepstakes. I'm just not as high as, as all these other people are clamoring for. Ooh, where's yeah. honest going to go? Listen, nice player, great player. He's, he's going to, I, I think he has the potential to win a championship, but he's not Kawhi. He's not, you know, yeah. he's not LeBron. As, he's not Luka. He, I wouldn't go insane for him to blow my team up because to, to get a player like Giannis, you have to build a certain team around him to win. And it's a good problem to have. I just don't, I'm, I just, it doesn't excite me to see him and Pascal on the floor together. Would you rather have Ben Simmons? No, absolutely not. Well, I'm just saying if you're like, he has his faults too, but right. he is, he, you think he's like Giannis light like with a handle? Poor. Because yeah, he needs like the middle, but he has a handle he can defend like crazy. So the t- so Giannis doesn't shoot as poorly as Ben Simmons, um, and also I think that he has Giannis has the ability to get to the rim a lot better than Simmons does. What Simmons has, the only thing that Simmons has that Giannis does not have is the playmaking ability. Like mm-hmm. his his ability to pass is is he's otherworldly. Nice. He's yeah. he's incredible. But everything else, even you know Ben Simmons is a really good defender. I actually thought about putting on him on my all defensive uh he ballot. got votes this year he and he, he got like should top have, three votes should have and yeah. but Giannis is the defensive player of the year right like he's still yeah. another level um that I don't think Ben Simmons mm-hmm. has yet reached can he reach there maybe but I, I think Giannis is better defensively so the only thing Ben Simmons has over him is playmaking, playmaking. so that's blasphemy that you'd even put them in the same yeah. conversation no because the only reason that I brought it up was because I was thinking like okay so you're talking about playoff basketball and if Ben Simmons can playmake and he can get open for himself or he can get the ball to his teammates after he draws a lot of defense in the paint for example he mm-hmm. has the ability to dish it out is what I'm saying more so 
sure. or anything like that. So he it's does. like he's not necessarily worried about getting his as much as he can get for other people, whereas Giannis needs to get his if his team's going to go, if you're talking about the makeup of these these. I also think teams. that Giannis needs to get others involved, and that's a tough thing to do when you just – you've never had to – like he, mm-hmm. he's, he's not a bad playmaker. He's a, more of a playmaker, though, out of necessity versus a playmaker out of – uh, you know, it. just just a natural style of play. He's not LeBron. He's not right. Ben Simmons. No. He's he's more grown into the playmaker role. And and f- let's face it, the dude's 24, 25 years old. He's yeah. going to get better. I I, I just don't know. Um, I, listen, I'm less worried about the playmaking than I am him being able to create another look than let me put my head down and crash into the paint and, and score. Just yeah. to the bucket. It, and, and I know he's working this three point shot and all that. Yeah. That's cute. It's not working right now. Uh, it's awkward. We don't like that here. <laughs> um, so the one thing that I will say, and listen, like just for the record in the comments or whatever, and like, I'm not saying that I would prefer to have Ben Simmons on my team. It was just like a workshop, you know, it was just an exercise yeah. in thinking. Yeah, that and I, because that and I will crazy. say, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I will say to be completely honest is that they're both young guys, but Ben Simmons has made it very clear that he has zero interest in really rounding on his game. He's made it clear. He said it so. So, so whether stubborn. or not that was hyperbole and he was just like talking whatever to the cameras, um, we haven't really seen the improvement. I feel as though Giannis, at least if his talk is real, where he's like, I just want to be the best in the world and I'm going to come back stronger and I want to be a champion and MVP and blah, 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 blah. Then he's going to be able to put in that work. Listen, if he can even just do like, I don't know, consistently like a deep two, I don't even necessarily need it to be like a three, like a high school three. Mm-hmm. That's still going to open up a lot of different things. I think so too. Uh, by the way, we are now getting traction in Australia. Shout out to uh, NBA.com, AU. Uh, lots of listenership. Hello, in, no, don't do that. Lots of listenership uh, <laughs> in New like South Scottish. Wales, Victoria. That was awful is what it was. <laughs> Uh, so shout out to my uh, to our fans who are listening in uh, in Australia. Who you were tweet, listening? Please use past tense. You can tweet. <laughs> uh, you can tweet Ashley Dawkins <laughs> at Ashley Dawkins um, and let her know that you're you're on board with her saying that Ben Simmons is better than Giannis. And she. Oh my God! I never that. said that. I said they both present their own unique set of problems to build around. Yeah. So that's that on that. All right. They're the same player. Whatever. Same thing to me. Um, we'll be back after game six, which goes down on Wednesday. Catch the game on Sportsnet, 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 Sportsnet. Um, for once, they'll take a break in their hockey coverage and maybe uh, shine some light on uh, on some hoops. Shout out mm-hmm. to our guys over there uh, who do a good job covering the game. Uh, and we'll be back after game six. Ashley predicted that the series and season will be over. Um, oh so did you I. Made me do it. And we will have a pod after that, hopefully talking about some positive things don't let our negativity fool you burn some candles move some sage around your house do what you got to do sage your cable box yeah something sage your wi-fi get a victory for the Raptors and push a game seven which would go down on friday if that happened um anything left anything to say to the peeps getting uh by the way female audience loves you we are are growing there too they love really they love that's them so some, nice hey ladies awesome. yeah hey ladies hey ladies um nigeria loves you finland oh. shout wow. out to mexico 
So I'm about uh, to be Mr. Worldwide. Well, I might shave my <laughs> yeah. head and get some tinted glasses yeah. for the next Dolly. episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know the bone structure for a shave head. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, right. I got nothing else. Nothing <laughs> Obviously. else. You're not shaving your head. That's uh, that's good good news. I'm there. not shaving my head. Vote Ben Simmons. Ray Tay Tay. Yeah. Raptors in seven. <laughs> Raptors in seven. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, maybe they've handed out the MVP award to the Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, but shout out to him in his season. Shout out to the Bucks for going out and uh, keeping my prediction intact. And hopefully the Raptors do the opposite and keep my prediction broken. Um, game six, again, Wednesday, Sportsnet. We'll catch you after the game. Until then, tell your friends about the Raptors Potato Podcast. You can find it everywhere podcasts are found. Like, rate, subscribe, and review. For Ashley Docking, I'm Carlin Gay. We will see you next time right here on the Raptors Pod Table.